Today is Monday, August 31st, and you're listening to the NetApp Community, the Tech on Tap Podcast Roadshow Edition Day 2 Recap. <coughs> Excuse me. My name is Pete Fletcher, and joining me as always is Mr. Glenn Sizemore. Glenn, how you doing, sir? I'm doing pretty good. We can't forget about Mr. Sully the Monster, Andrew Sullivan, who's sitting right next to us. Andrew, you had a pretty busy day over at the Cluster HQ desk. Why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, I was, uh, I was floating all over the place today. So we spent a little bit of time at our booth talking about anything from automation through VVols to Evo Rail. But uh, the highlight of my day was the Cluster HQ booth. You're right. So I went over there, gave a, a little bit of an introduction as well as a demo of our integration with Cluster HQ, including a bit of a preview on our native driver. All right. Well, joining us today is Cluster HQ's VP of Marketing, Mike Ferranti. Mike, how you doing, buddy? Doing great. So I know you've been spending a lot of time with our, with our trusty Sully the Monster here. I know you guys have been over at Cluster HQ booth all week. Uh, what's going on over there? Um, so it's been a great show so far. Um, lots of exciting announcements, including um, some work that we've been doing with NetApp. So uh, we've been spending a lot of time educating uh, people at the show about containers and why you would want to build your applications in containers. I mean, we're at VMworld, so um, uh, there's a good amount of knowledge about containers, but um, but there's also a lot of education that needs to happen. Right. Um, so maybe I can share with uh, the listeners a little bit about um, kind of why some people are starting to look at containers as a way to build application and also some of the problems and Absolutely. some, some yeah. that we actually solve yeah, in that app. Can, can you explain what, what Cluster HQ, right, and your primary product is Flocker. Can you kind of explain what that brings to the Docker, to the container ecosystem and why it's important? Yeah, absolutely. So um, to kind of back up, just to make sure all the listeners um, understand fundamentally what containers are. So con- containers are a form of lightweight virtualization. So in the, the VMware world, um, you virtualize servers by by recreating the whole operating system for each virtual machine. Right. And with containers, all of your um, containers share a single um a copy of the operating system. So all things being equal, you can have more containers running on a single physical server than you can VMs. So instead of saying maybe having a dozen VMs running on a server, you might have 100 or 150 or 200 containers running on a server. So if you're really concerned with kind of fitting more marbles in the jar, there's a lot of advantages to using containers. That's that's one of the big driving forces of it. Um, of course, not all of the problems that have been solved for running and managing VMs have been solved for containers. Um, containers are a lot newer, the ecosystem is a lot fresher. Um, so there are many problems that are unsolved. And so Flocker solves one particular problem with containers, specifically around running databases inside containers. So. Um, you guys know uh, that data is really, really important. People don't like it when we you. We think so. <laughs> <laughs> people don't like it when you lose their data, when you corrupt their data. Um, and with containers, um, one of the big values of containers is, and this is where the container metaphor actually came from, of a shipping container. They're really easy to move between environments, between data centers, between hosts. Um, you don't have to install a whole lot of extra software when you move your container because the container itself requires, has all of the different components that you need to be able to run the entire application. Um, one of the things that doesn't move with the container when it, when it moves between servers is its actual data. There's a distinction between the container, which, which runs a process, let's say for Postgres or for MySQL. The, that, that database process runs in the container, but the data itself that that process 
reads and writes yeah. does not run in the container. That makes sense. Um, so when you move a container between servers, basically the data stays in place. So what Flocker does is it makes it so a container and a data volume can move together between servers. And what we've done with NetApp is make it so that that data volume can be run on NetApp storage. So you get all of the features and benefits of NetApp, but you get the flexibility of being able to use Docker containers. Absolutely, right? One of you guys have heard me say before, right? Data has mass, right? Data is not just this simple thing that can go from A to B and you don't have to think about it except when it does, right? And that's exactly what Flocker does. That's the great thing about using Flocker data sets for your container volumes. Because now I can migrate that container from host to host, the data follows it, right? I make sure that it's the exact same data. And then with the integrations through things like the NetApp Unified Sender Driver, where now you can take advantage of Flocker with NetApp Sender, so that means with the Unified Driver, that means that you have seven mode, you have cluster data on tap, you have E-Series all available to you, right? And coming very, very soon, we're going to have a native Flocker driver. So what that means is we'll have an iSCSI interface for your container volumes. So you go in, you deploy your Flocker application, you specify the data set size, and it will automate. It will go in and it will provision that one. It will connect it to the host. It will connect it to your container for you. You need to move that container? Great. It's going to handle all of that stuff for you. Flocker is fantastic for doing that orchestration, for doing that data set volume management. So when we did the container show a couple of weeks back, Andrew, one, one of the problems that you were you were talking about was, you know, you can you can always do like Docker run dash V and, and give it a container and that that will or a volume and it'll map that from the host down into the container. But if that container ever moved anywhere, you would have to then manually go run that Docker run dash V again to reassociate that because there's nothing in the stack that handles that. And if I'm following this correctly in my crash course on what Flocker is, it's that this is what that solves. Is that, is that the only thing it solves or is this just the benefit of where we touch? Is there is there another benefit of where Flocker is also you know, bringing something else into, into the ecosystem? Um, so one of the benefits of Flocker is, um, so we, we have a really easy integration with underlying storage. The other thing that Flocker enables is a developer who's building a Dockerized application to use the other tools in the Docker ecosystem that they want to use to manage their application. So there's storage management, which NetApp provides, yeah. but then there's also container management. Ah, and, and there okay. are a lot of emerging tools within this ecosystem. There are kind of three big container managers right now. Um, one is from Docker itself, it's called Docker Swarm. Um, another is from Google, it's called Kubernetes. And a third that's very popular, um, kind of famously used by Twitter and Airbnb is called Mesos. Um, and there's a company called Mesosphere that's commercializing that. Um, so all of these tools are around managing the containers and Flocker enables you to pick your container management solution of choice and integrate it so that you can manage your data volumes via Flocker or, or natively via our API or via Docker Swarm or Kubernetes or Mesos. So you have choice around the tools that you want to use to manage your application. Yeah, it, it really solves the problem of decoupling the data from the container so that you can manage them independently. right? And it really helps to solve that well, mobility problem. I will say that this is the one thing that, that I truly, truly am loving about this whole you know container revolution, whatever you want to call it. Uh, the, the way that this ecosystem is self-assembling and, and handling interdependencies, it has somehow thus far avoided all of the vendor lock-in nonsense 
that typically is associated with, with a technology cutting its teeth and coming up through the ranks. It's bypassing all of that. I mean, you just listed four or five different ways that, that your product can integrate into three or four other competing solutions, and, and it sounds like there is no compromise here. It really just, what's the best fit? Whichever one the customer likes the best, it's going to work just fine. They can access it through a variety of different methods. It's, it's, it's very refreshing. Yeah, I mean, this is a um, open source market. I mean, this yeah. is, it's a very interesting time. It's, it's, Docker was created by people that really modeled it on the Linux project. Um, and developers want pluggable solutions. They want, to, they want to be able to pick the best tool for the job for the requirements of their application. And so there, there are some companies that are, that are creating complete stacks, which create a great experience, but it requires someone to buy into you know, this, this networking solution, this right. storage solution, this container management solution. And nothing against those solutions. I think they're really well done and well thought out, but yeah. that's not the way modern developers are wanting to build their applications. They want to pick, you know, what's what's the right database for my job? Do I want something that's, you know, in memory? Do I want something that is NoSQL? Do I want to use SQL? They're making all of these choices all along the stack. Um, and we and we we think that the way that we will be able to provide a data volume management solution is by having something that works well with the other tools. We don't want to make them choose a complete stack because we don't think we'll be successful that way. It's almost like your data, your choice, right? Your data, your choice. Yeah. Well, Andrew, I know the two of you have been over at the uh, the Cluster HQ booth all week talking about, are you doing demos as well? I know you have an intro to container session. If someone goes over there, what can they see? Yeah, so if you come by the Cluster HQ booth, uh, so two times on Tuesday, two times on Wednesday. So on Tuesday, that's going to be at 3.30 in the afternoon and 12.30 in the afternoon. And on Wednesday, that will be at 10.30 in the morning as well as 12.30 in the afternoon. So come by any one of those four times. I'll be there talking about our integration with Cluster HQ, with Flocker, as well as giving a demo of that native driver. So you can see exactly what it looks like, exactly how it's going to behave, and, and you know, get, a, get a good, nice view of what it looks like for your applications. Is this thing online somewhere? It is not online yet. Uh, okay. So in the very near future, we will have a video posted to YouTube. You'll be able to come and look at that. Uh, we will have a blog post going up onto the NetApp Community Technology blog in the very near future. Uh, that being said, you can go to the Cluster HQ blog. So it's clusterhq.com slash blog, I believe. Michael, please correct me. Yes, that's right. So you can go to the Cluster HQ blog. You can see our announcement post there with the center integration. There's a great video that you can look, look at, uh, as well as on our open source blog. So netapp.github.io. You can look at some of the more technical information about integrating with the sender side of things. Outstanding. Yeah, and, and when we release the native driver, that will also be the place where you can get the details on how to implement it. And when we release that native driver, we're going to have to have you come back on the show, Mike. What do you think? Happy to do it. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming, man. We really appreciate it. And we'll see you guys tomorrow. I haven't seen the demo yet. I will be there. at What's the first time? Tomorrow at 1230. All right. I'll be there. Thanks, Mike. All right, thank you. All right, well, that's going to do it for the day two recap. If you're here in VMworld, make sure you stop by a couple of the NetApp sessions tomorrow. We've got Dr. Desktop, Chris Gephardt, and Dan Isaacs. They're going to be doing an all-flash-faz one called The Value of Speed, NetApp All-Flash-Faz. 
We also have a virtual volumes one. This is the one where Laremont already, uh, he already sold it out once. And so if you're thinking about going to that one, you're going to want to get on the standby list pretty early. There's a two o'clock to three o'clock panel with a bunch of storage experts. And Peter Laremont's going to be on that one. Ken Wernerberg from VMworld, among other men. That's going to be a good one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, all right, man, Freeman Service is starting to look at us cross, and I've got a security guy walking towards us, Pete. We better put a bow on this thing pretty quick. Yeah, we're going to get kicked out of this place. And so, until next time, bye for now. Bluffnet app. Oh yeah. Is it just me that's getting off on this? Oh yeah.